Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests like the Hall of Famer Jim Kelly in just a minute on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. And so grateful to have you with me today. I want to open this hour by just saying a word about gratitude. Because we all know where we are right now in America. We all know what happened last night. I'm sure you and I spent our nights almost exactly the same way. Watching up TV, staying up much too late, trying to figure out what's going on. And we're still trying to figure out what's going on. And I don't know exactly when it's going to get resolved. And I will be honest with you. This morning, there was a moment as I was on my way into work and I was thinking to myself, how am I going to do my job today? I don't, I don't know that I feel in the right state of mind to do my job. I knew I had to and I was ready to do it. But I will admit that somewhere in the back of my mind, there was a little nagging doubt, a little nagging concern about how it would go and how I would feel doing it. And to my delight, what I want to tell you is that the moment we started this morning, and I had almost exactly the same feeling an hour ago as I started this show, I felt extraordinarily happy and grateful to be able to do this. That, that this is something that I can do to escape from all of that for myself. My job is my escape. This is what I get to do every single day. And I just wanted to say a word or two about gratitude regarding that. And I hope that this show and other shows on ESPN and, and other places that you might be seeking respite and seeking relief from what is a, a, a circumstance that, that is creating a lot of anxiety for a lot of people. Certainly, I feel it just like everyone else does. Um, but I will feel very gratified if I know that it's creating a little bit of that respite for you. If it's making you feel just a little bit less anxious and a little bit more normal. So I promise you, I will be here every single day for however long this goes on and beyond, talking about sports, talking about football right now, whatever else is going on, and trying as best I can to make you laugh. And maybe every now and again, you'll say to yourself, boy, that guy's not the least bit funny. But hopefully there'll be something normal about it for you and for me. And if you feel that way, then I am very gratified for it. And I'm grateful to you for being with me here and either way, I'm very grateful to have this opportunity myself. It made me feel better coming to work today. And I don't know that everyone in the world gets to feel that way. So I just wanted to share that because that was very much on my mind um, as soon as we wrapped up this morning. And I feel that way right now. So with that thought behind me, I will mention again, the big story of the football world today is that in San Francisco, they've had a positive test. Kendrick Bourne, the wide receiver, they've closed their facility. That is of particular importance because they play tomorrow night. As of now, that game is still scheduled to go on. Green Bay is scheduled to fly out there to play them. They fly out to this afternoon. They play tomorrow night. We had Shefty an hour ago. He said right now that game is still scheduled to be played. We'll see. If there's any further update, we will certainly let you know. In the meantime, let's talk some football with one of the absolute best. It is my pleasure to welcome on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline, the Hall of Famer, one of the greatest players in NFL history and one of the greatest people you'll ever come across. Jim Kelly is with me here on ESPN Radio. How have you been, Jim? I'm doing pretty good, Greeny, and uh, just listening to you the last couple minutes, uh, I, I get it. I, I hear you loud and clear, and sometimes there's times where you need to get away from all that Whether To be honest with you, um, early on, a few months ago, I got tired of watching sports also. Um, just because of what was going on in our country with everything. And uh, I'm very blessed that, you know, no matter where we go with this election that's, that's been driving everybody nuts, uh, 
there's only one person in, in control, and that's a good Lord. So I, I go by that, and uh, I go on with my life, and thank God every day that I'm still allowed to go to my lodge and be with my, you know, my brothers and be with my two daughters and my wife and still cheer the Buffalo Bills on, even though, as you well know, none of us can go watch the games. But you know what? It is what it is. There's nothing we can do about it as individuals. You can go out as far as, you know, with the election going, you go vote. And, you know, and then uh, whatever happens, happens. you got to live your life and uh, just hope that uh, whoever's elected uh, does a good job for our country and is just not thinking about themselves. Yeah, and, and, and gratitude, I think, is something I've heard you talk about many times. And I think people who have faced the, the disease as you have and have faced their mortality as you've been forced to do and, and some of the other um, tragedies that you've faced in your life that, that you emerge from that. And I've heard you talk about this very eloquently. You emerge from that with a different level of gratitude for, for some of the smaller things in life. And in some ways, I think emotionally and psychologically, that's a very healthy place to be. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to conflate the two. Obviously, what you've been through is, is, is a living hell. But um, but I, I would imagine that you, you have emerged with a different sense of gratitude for some of the simpler things in life. Oh, there's no doubt about that. And uh, I do, you know, when I rewind the tape and I know you remember these days, especially when I, you know, gave you a shout out for, you know, being there for, for me, you and what, when it was a, the Golic show, when you did it with Mike, um, how every morning I would wake up and I was in the hospital that I'd have put you guys on and you made my day better by, you know, the way you guys handled uh, each and every day. And I want to thank you again for all that. And you know what? One of the things I, I realized throughout my, my life, yeah, I've, I've had a lot of ups and downs and probably, unfortunately, a lot more downs, you know, with surgeries. But you know what? As I travel the country speaking and I look at people and talk to people and I realize that, you know what? I'm still here. I'm still able to smile. I'm still able to hopefully and pray that I continue to make a difference in other people's lives because I've seen people that did not want to see tomorrow. I had people that needed help from their families to be able to be that attitude that you needed in your room when you're you know, suffering and you're going through, whether it's cancer or anxiety and depression and all those things that come along. And there's no people that have the, the, you know, the backing like I did with my brothers and with my, my wife and my daughters, that I've been very blessed because it's all about the attitude that you have and the attitude that the people around you have when they're around you. So I've been blessed, Greeny, and you have been a part of it, and I appreciate everything you stand for. And uh, you know what? Um, majority of the things I agree with you about, not all of them, but a lot of them. But you know what? This is 2020, and we're all going through the same thing, and it's ugly. And I just hope 2021 is a lot better for all of us. That's well said. And, and, and let's talk about some football because nothing is more fun than that. But I appreciate every word you said. And you know how much I you know how much that means to me. But anyway, let's talk about your Buffalo Bills, because I know there's nothing you'd rather talk about. It has been a terrific season. And I have heard a lot of people say that the Bills, who for 20 years were trying to find their quarterback after the Jim Kelly era have, you know, came to an end, that they finally have. What do you see in Josh Allen, the young star quarterback for the Bills? Well, I just you know, number one, I just continue to pray he keeps uh, getting better. Um, you know what? Uh, you know, you hope and pray that he is the guy. He's shown a lot, a lot of um, things that we have not had for, for a long time. Number one is his leadership. I saw from the first day 
that I went to watch a practice when he was a rookie. I saw the way he handled himself. I saw the way he was around people. And even lately, as you saw some of the games lately, you know, see him when they put the camera on him on the sidelines and see him going around talking to the O-line and making sure that, you know, uh, his message becomes clear to everybody. And uh, I, you just need to continue to get better. Um, there are plays that, you know, what I'm sure every quarterback, when you watch uh, the tape, when you come back, you say, wow, why did I do that? Or, boy, I, sh- I missed that one. Or, you know, the whole way around. Um, I like what I see, but time will only tell. But I'll tell you what, uh, it's a better feeling now than I've had, you know, in the years past thinking, okay, this is not the guy that's our answer. And I, I pray and continue to, to pull for a Josh that uh, he is the guy. Jim Kelly with me here on ESPN Radio. You know, that sort of brings me right to something that I've been thinking about and it came up on the TV show this morning. And that is that an unintended consequence of the new labor agreement where there's a rookie salary cap is that teams are willing to give up on quarterbacks much more quickly than they used to. You remember, Jim, that, you know, you draft a quarterback. Now you invest, you take a quarterback at the high in the first round. He would become one of the highest paid players in the entire NFL. And so you would spend five, six years if you couldn't get him right immediately trying to develop the player. Now, because they don't have that, teams are much more, we're much more willing to very quickly move past a quarterback. And in some ways that's good. But I wonder if in some ways, a lot of guys' careers will just never work out. Like, how quickly do you think you can decide that a quarterback just doesn't have it? It used to be that you would give guys years to develop. And are, are you concerned that maybe we're moving a little too quickly past some guys in the league right now? Um, you know what? I, I think if you are a good enough head coach and you have good people around you that you have confidence in, I think you will learn within a year or two if this guy's right for you. I know sometimes it takes – the right system around some quarterbacks. I know when they come out of uh, college, they're under, you know, the run-pass option, and maybe that's not the system that you um, had when he came in, but you're willing to change it to benefit his his positives. And uh, But you know what? Me personally, I think I, I'm a pretty good judge of what I see. I still need to see, you know, different things from different players, whether they can make it or not. Patrick Mahomes, good. I mean, that's a good one right there. I was at, uh, I was the uh, honorary captain and quarterback coach two years ago at the Pro Bowl, and I was there with you know Deshaun Watson, uh, Andrew Luck, and Mahomes, and I just saw Mahomes. Everything he did was exactly what you'd want in a quarterback. And even though the other guys were very good too, I just saw Mahomes a little bit better than uh, a, probably a regular coach would see. So. I, I don't know. Sometimes, yeah, you might be able to judge them um, if you know what you're doing a little sooner than waiting three or four years down the road. Uh, and if, if you're a very good coach and you understand what the position of quarterback means, then I think you can move ahead and whether you want them or you don't. Yeah, I, I buy that. If you have the right coach, you can do it. And if I had Jim Kelly watching him, you can do it. Unfortunately, if you have the wrong coach, you wind up maybe ruining the player. And I, I'm, I'm not speaking yep. personally about any situation that might be very near and dear to my heart, Jim. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not, I don't think that I'm sitting it. here uh, venting about my team and my situation. But, but I, 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 I am sitting here telling you that if Sam Darnold had been drafted by Marv Levy and had been surrounded by Andre Reid and Thurman Thomas and all of these guys, that we would be talking about him differently than they're talking about him now that is the only thing i'm trying to say 
Oh, I, I, to- I totally get it. And you know what? You're only as good as a player as Roger, and I know that's an old cliche, but I'll tell you what. I would not have been the same quarterback if I didn't have James Loft and Thurman Thomas in my backfield, Andre Reed in the slot, and, of course, Kent Hall, my center, in front of me. Uh, and plus, I probably wouldn't have wanted to call all the plays. I probably would rather have it sent in from the sidelines, but I knew what I had around me. And I get it when you talk about Sam Darnold. Um, I think he's a good quarterback, but he's one of the guys that would be hard for me to say, you know, he was a bust or, you know, give him some time because I'm not around him in the locker room. I'm not, I don't see him all the time. I don't watch the Jets play all the time. So for me as a former quarterback, yeah, you could, if you study him more, I could definitely tell you whether I think he's, uh, he's a real deal or not. And that's what the same way with Josh Allen. I think he is a real deal, but there's things that you wish that he'd been able to grasp a hold of a little sooner. And uh, But you know what? I think with the people that he has around him now, he's going to get better. But as as I can tell you, Bruce Smith, a uh, Daryl Talley, a Cornelius Fender will tell you, you not you are not winning major games if you don't have a defense. So our defense for the Bills have to get a little better. We got to get some pass rush in there to give these opportunities to the offense a little bit more than we've seen. But I like what I see. But uh, they still got to get better. I love how into it you remain, Jim. It is great to catch up. Thank you. The best of the family. I always appreciate the time, and and we'll talk again soon. Thanks a million, Jim. You got bud. Back at you, and have a good uh, rest of the year, buddy. You too. That's Jim Kelly with me, the Hall of Famer here on ESPN Radio on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. He's someone that I've gotten to know a little bit over the years. He was regularly on with Mike and me, and he's just a terrific person with a terrific perspective. You know, you shouldn't need... It would be nice if in life we didn't need to have terrible tragedy befall us, and and of course the extraordinarily challenging health circumstances that he's had, but it certainly has created in him, I think, a really interesting... That was one of the things that I was thinking about when I I knew he was coming on the show today, and it sort of got me thinking about these feelings of gratitude, one way or the other. I I hope that you appreciated that, and I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Okay, Greeny with you. A lot to get to. Meanwhile, I, I just mentioned the whole thing about them giving up on quarterbacks quickly. I do have a vested interest in that, obviously, based upon the team I root for. But I do think it's an interesting piece of the football puzzle right now. Again, the unintended consequence of the rookie salary cap, which I think on basically on balance has been a good thing for the sport, has been that teams are kind of willing to move past these guys pretty fast. In Chicago, they, they trade up to take this quarterback, and then boom, now we're not picking up his option, and that's over. Cleveland, they may make the same decision on Baker Mayfield. The Jets may make the same decision on Sam Darnold. Uh, Shefty is reporting that one of the reasons the Dolphins have Tua on the field right now is they want to evaluate him because they might be in a position to draft Trevor Lawrence because they have the Texans' first pick, and that could easily wind up being, I suppose, the first pick in the draft. I think the Jets are going to have that, but the Texans could be in the position to draft second. And that brings us to something that came up this morning. And I told you, David Pollack said maybe the most interesting and important thing of the whole football year. This is something I was thinking, but I'm glad to hear him say it. I'm going to just play it for you. This was David Pollack this morning talking about Justin Fields, the quarterback of Ohio State. And everyone has him behind Trevor Lawrence, who is a generational talent. Trevor Lawrence, everyone says, is the best prospect since Andrew Luck. And I'm not here to tell you he's not. I'm not Mel. I'm not McShay. But I watch Justin Fields, and I say, that kid looks special to me. So I brought it up to David Pollack. Here's what he said. 
I still think when I'm comparing him, he's a he's a more athletic Dak Prescott. So if I'm, I'm if I'm looking for a guy like that to build my future around, I think he's <laughs> that's pretty daggum solid. I want to make sure I'm understanding what you're saying. Are you telling me that if you were making the pick, you would consider taking Fields ahead of Lawrence as right now? Yeah, I would start considering that now from what I'm seeing so far. And again, we're only two games in for Ohio State, but he's definitely on track to me to to just making this decision a lot more difficult than we thought it would be before the season. I love that take from Pollock this morning, and I'm going to have McShay here in 15 minutes, and I will ask him because you will have people telling you, Lawrence, he's the best player since Elway. He's the best player since um, Andrew Luck. And look, his accomplishments speak for themselves. He's lost one game in all these years that he's been the starter. And he's obviously terrific, and he obviously checks every box, which is an expression that I hate. But in this case, it, it sort of fits. I mean, he, he looks the part, he plays the part, he's got the leadership, and he's, and he's terrific. I'm not saying he's not. But I will say that I watched that game Clemson played against Ohio State last year, and are you telling me as you watched that game you were thinking the quarterback on one side is way better than the quarterback on the other? And then he wound up playing against Joe Burrow in the championship game. And did you think, wow, Clemson has a much better quarterback in this game than the other team? I didn't think that. I think Justin Fields is tremendous. I watch a lot of Big Ten football. But I think that when we get to the end of this season, I would not be surprised if there are real questions over which one of those two guys should be the first pick. Now, maybe McShay is going to tell me I'm nuts and maybe the narrative will be completely it's Lawrence and then Fields and then everybody else. That might very well be the case. But I'm telling you right now, as I watch Justin Fields play, I think he has a chance to be an NFL superstar, an absolute star. And I'm really interested to hear what McShay has to say about it. He will join me in a few minutes and we'll talk about it then. Meanwhile, I insist that we talk about this one other thing before we get to McShay. And Greeny Insist is brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. I insist because I think I need to clear up what I said. So I saw someone wrote a column about Jim Harbaugh and the way people are talking about him at Michigan. And they seem to quote something Rich Eisen said, something Dan Patrick said, and something I said. So I want to make it very clear what I said, because that it does not appear to me that what, what, it, what was represented in that story is what I said here. Here's what I said yesterday about Jim Harbaugh. And I can read it to you because it came from an essay that I did on TV a year ago. So I have it written out. This is what I said, and this is what I think. Jim Harbaugh is being belittled, criticized, and diminished because of a false perception about the program he leads, which is to say the University of Michigan is not and has not for a very long time been among the truly elite football programs in America. That was true before Harbaugh arrived. It is true today, and it'll probably be true long after he leaves. Do you know the last time Michigan won an outright national championship in football was 1948? Do you know how many titles they've shared since then? One. Do you know how many national titles the legendary Bo Schembechler won at Michigan? Zero. Do you know the last time they won the Big Ten was 15 years ago? Ohio State has won it nine times since then. Those are facts, and Jim Harbaugh has almost nothing to do with them. Here's the reality. The two coaches who preceded Harbaugh at Michigan, Rich Rodriguez and Brady Hoke, went 24-32 and 32 in the conference. As of last year, Harbaugh was 32-12. and 12. He won 80% of his games against everyone but Ohio State, and therein lies the rub. We want to make all this about Ohio State, but that is not a good idea because a hammer and a nail have a relationship, not a rivalry. 
And that's what this is. Ohio State had beaten Michigan in 10 of 11 years before Harbaugh came to town. The only Ohio State team to lose to Michigan since 2003 was coached by Luke Fickle. So here's what I said. The question that we should be asking is, is the problem in Ann Arbor the coach or is it the expectations? People want Jim Harbaugh to make Michigan something it has not been in 70 years. That's the problem. So that's what I said. And if anyone is wondering what my perspective on it is, now you know. All right, Todd McShay will join me next. Is Justin Fields potentially as good as Trevor Lawrence? I'm asking for a friend. Starting this Monday. Do you know what I've lived through as a fan of this franchise? The video stream of Greeny with Mike Greenberg is on ESPN+. I'm going to be optimistic because it costs the same as being pessimistic. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, The Max Kellerman Show, Dan Lebitard, and Janae Angola Jr. can now be seen exclusively on ESPN+. With ESPN+, you'll get access to each show, plus live sports, exclusive originals, and more. Sign up now at ESPNplus.com. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Who do you got right now? Fields, Lawrence. I don't have either because I need to see them. It's a lot of football to be played. You have to evaluate them. You have to be able to sit down and talk to them. Certain general managers haven't even seen them play yet, especially live. Greeny back with you half past the hour and delighted that you are here on ESPN Radio. You just heard Christine Lucy and SportsCenter telling you that the 49ers game uh, for tomorrow night against the Packers is still scheduled right now, despite the positive test for the 49ers. Again, every single year there is one team whose season is just completely destroyed by injury. This isn't an injury situation. This is Kendrick Bourne testing positive for the coronavirus. But as an example of just how their season has been blown up by injury, Scott Grodsky with this great tweet, with Kendrick Bourne now not playing, if the 49ers play tomorrow night, They will not have a single offensive player who touched the ball in the NFC Championship game on the field. Again, every year there's someone whose season is destroyed by injury. This year, that someone is in San Francisco. We'll keep an ear close to that one. The Packers are supposed to uh, travel 
a little bit later this afternoon. Meanwhile, it is time now for Breaking Moves with my friend Todd McShay. Breaking Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to linkedin.com slash sports. Have you been, McShay? I've been great, Greeny. How you doing, man? It's good. I miss you. This is the first time I've had, it, had you on this show. I hope it will not be the last. It is a pleasure to chat here. And so I don't know if you heard this, but, but David Pollack is on TV with me this morning. And he became, yep. I, I think, the first person who has said this, at least on any show that I've hosted. I've been kind of waiting for this because I don't live in this minute to minute like you and Mel and the others do. But it's sort of what I've been thinking. And Pollock said it. He said, if I had the first pick in the draft right now, I would seriously consider Justin Fields over Trevor Lawrence. And, and, and yeah. which obviously is contrary to people telling me that Trevor Lawrence is a generational talent and the best prospect since Andrew Luck or John Elway. So where do you, Todd McShay, who this is your life, where do you stack them up right now? Well, I actually just had to turn in my, my first update of the top 32 prospects for ESPN.com. And I, I put Trevor Lawrence at one, but moved Justin Fields up to two. And, you know, it's based on, it's based on a lot of factors. It's obviously starts with the tape and just what he brings physically, the, the ability to extend plays and, and the, the big arm and everything that he has physically. Um, but also the improvement that he's made going back to the beginning of last year, I thought he, he was good early on for Ohio state, but Ryan day, who's really good at developing quarterbacks started to bring more and more out of fields as the, the season went on. And that means, you know, understanding where the blitz is coming from, knowing that, how to set up your protections and, and, and seeing the entire field. And, um, and Fields, to me, is, he made big strides from week one, even week six or seven, to the end of the year last season. And then he comes out in the first two games, and he has just been on a tear. I mean, he's completing over 80% of his throws. He has not thrown an interception. 55 attempts. He's got six touchdown passes. And it, he seems like the like he really understands obviously his offense, but then what defenses have tried to do to him the first two weeks. And it's one thing against Indiana, which has a good team. Uh, it's a whole other thing against a Penn, that, that Penn State defense to come out and and play the way that he did, and and they wind up scoring almost forty points on that that really good that really good squad. So, listen, it's not the craziest thing I've heard, and I think there will be debates about it because as great as Trevor Lawrence is, Justin Fields is is continuing to improve, and he he has physical tools that are are not that far off. Uh, again, Lawrence, I have the highest grade on on Trevor of any quarterback going back to 2012. And, and to me, you just you look at what he can bring and how calm he is and his demeanor. Andrew Luck is that high, the highest grade that I've ever given, given out with a 99, but I have a 97 on Trevor and a 96 on field. So there's, mm. there's not a big difference. I, so I, I understand what, what Pollock is saying. I don't I think it's far off, and I think anyone who's watched these first two games, you have to be impressed with – what he's done on the field, and then also the improvement from last year. So, so let me ask you this, because again, you you live in this, and I in no way mean what I'm about to say to 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 denigrate what Trevor Lawrence has accomplished or anything. He's obviously terrific, yep. and 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 you are one of everyone who says exactly what you just said. But if someone were to say to you, 
that he the, the the conference he plays in, the competition he plays in week by week is not always the absolute highest caliber. And in the very yep. biggest games last year against the really good teams, he didn't look that good against Ohio State, and he didn't look that good against LSU. And that concerns me. Is that not a valid question for a player who has a 99 rating from Todd McShay? It, it is somewhat valid. I, I, I think there's, you know, again, you have to look at the, the full body of work. Look at him in, in the, the playoff the year earlier. Look what he did to, to Alabama you know, in, in that national championship game and, and just carving him up. So it's not like I don't have any concern about him performing in big games. And they couldn't get the passing game going last year in that Ohio State game that you're uh, referencing. But I love the fact that he competed so hard and wound up just saying, you know what, whatever I have to do, we're going to find a way to win. And it, it wound up being him running the football and taking a bunch of hits, popping up, and, and just willing his team to win. So I, I love that about his game. Now, the one thing that can be frustrating as an evaluator when you're studying Trevor Lawrence is that they don't throw a lot of throws over the middle of the field that require anticipation, like you see in the NFL. You know, seeing a, a, a zone coverage and trying to hit it in between the linebacker and safety. Um, you know, even man-to-man trying to lead your receiver to open yards. When they do, he's successful at a you know reasonably high rate, but they just don't do a lot of that. So that, to me, is one thing that he's going to have to improve upon or, or continue to adjust as he gets into the NFL. So, again, I'm asking all these questions for a friend here, McShay. I think you understand where I'm coming from because <laughs> you never know who <laughs> might you. wind up having the first pick in the draft. But if you're one who, as I do, roots for the worst team in NFL history, it certainly feels kind of likely. Um, so I, I guess I would ask you that. Do, do you, if you had to sort of put some odds on it, do you think there's a real chance that by the time we get to the end of this thing, that, that when we're all, to, well, wherever it is that we wind up next year, if we're lucky enough to be in Cleveland or wherever the draft is next year, that, right. that the name Justin Fields might wind up being the first one called on that night? I, I still think it, it's a 90-10 proposition that, mm-hmm. that Trevor Lawrence is the first overall pick. I think the bigger question, if you, you want to transition to the Jets specifically, is, yeah. you know, Sam Darnold, it's the... He, I think he can play at a really high level. You talk about a guy who has had nothing around him and everything that possibly could go wrong, and you know he battles, and you, you see it. You watch more of the Jets than I do. I mean, the guy can play. So are you going to then use one of the two first-round picks that they have next year and the first overall pick on a quarterback when you have Darnold and, and, and knowing that you're going to try if – you, if you want to do that, then – then you've got to trade away Darnold, and everyone in the league knows you want to trade Darnold. So that part's going to be interesting to me if they're picking at number one, whether it's Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. Are they going to just move on from Darnold knowing like, full well, if you're Joe Douglas, you know you have a quarterback that can play at an extremely high level in the NFL in Sam Darnold. But you also know that the support has not been there, in part because – you know, they, they haven't been in the building long enough to draft guys and develop them, and also because of some injuries and then trading guys away and, and all the, the nonsense that has gone on this year. So that's a difficult decision to make. And if, if you stick with Darnold, that's where I think you get value as you move back and get even more picks. They've got four first-round picks in the next two years. 
I'm with you. And they would get a, a, a king's ransom if they were to trade the pick that become Trevor Lawrence. But McShay, it's people like you who have said that Lawrence is the be- best prospect in forever that will put so much pressure, I think, on any team that winds up with number one that they won't be able to pass him up. That's honestly what I think is that, that the risk of passing him up and him becoming, you know, Joe Montana, I think will will make almost anyone too nervous to do it. Yeah, and I think the other aspect that you have you have to factor in. Forget the media part and, and, and whatever you know, Kuiper and me and other people are saying. I think the bigger thing is you have, you have to be in the building and be around Sam Darnold and figure out okay, his, have we allowed him to get beaten up so much in his first few years in the league, and has he lost confidence? And I, I don't know that. You don't know that unless you're a coach in the building or a general manager who's surveying everything. I think that's going to be the biggest question is, where is, is Darnold mentally and physically? And is he the same guy that we thought he was you know, when, uh, when he came out of USC? Listen, I agree with you completely. I have not in any way given up on him. I've renamed my children, Sam and Darnold. So, I mean, I'm a fan and I'm kind of stuck with that going forward. I don't want to have to rename them now Trevor and Lawrence. This is going to confuse that, everybody. That would be awkward. It would be, it'd be difficult. And my daughter is 20 years old. She's going to have three names in a three-year span. It's going to be complicated. Anyway, McShay, let's do this again soon. Thank you, my friend. The other thing, real quick before I go, yeah. Zach Wilson is a name to get to know. Out of BYU, I don't know that many people are watching him. He is skyrocketing up draft boards. He could be the third quarterback taken uh, after Trevor Lawrence and, and Justin Fields. And Mac Jones at Alabama is playing really well and may work into the first round. So with Trey Lance from North Dakota State, we could have five quarterbacks in this first round coming up. Oh, I love it. Awesome. McShay, thank you. Great to talk to you, as always. That's Todd McShay with me from the First Draft Podcast and obviously all of our coverage of college football is as good as it gets. I will take a break. I'm a little bit late. Coming up, maybe the saddest statistic you will ever hear next. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. I told you the saddest stat I'd ever seen. It just came across in a little note today. 
Patrick Mahomes was named the AFC's Offensive Player of the Week after throwing five touchdown passes in an easy Kansas City win last week. He became the fifth opponent in eight weeks this year to be named his conference's Player of the Week after playing the Jets. If you want to just get a sense of just how bad any one team can be in more than half their games this year, someone on the other team was named the best player in the entire conference for that week. Sometimes you just have to laugh to keep from crying. There's nothing else I can do. I'm doing the best I can to just laugh and have a decent attitude about things because it is all just so terribly sad. Uh, Meanwhile, there's one other thing I really wanted to say today. Let me very quickly mention Straight Talk Wireless. We all accidentally damage our phones. That happens. Now, Straight Talk Wireless's new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection. For just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, data, and more, you can see mobile protect terms and conditions at assurion.com slash straight talk. Limitations and exclusions apply. I want to say one more thing. I have heard a lot of criticism not directly of the Wisconsin football program, but of the Big Ten for having such incredibly strict rules, their policies about players needing to be out for 21 days, all the rest of that. And it may very well wind up depriving the Wisconsin players and staff and everyone else from being eligible to play for any championship this year, including the Big Ten Conference Championship. And that may wind up happening to other schools in the Big Ten as well. It may wind up happening to mine. I certainly hope not. Northwestern's off to a great year. We're 2-0. We won a great game last week at Iowa. Have a big game this week against Nebraska, and I couldn't be more excited for it and about it. But my perspective on this will not change, even if, and again, I hope against hope that this doesn't happen, but if there is a coronavirus outbreak on our team, which obviously is possible, and it means that we have to cancel a few games and we cannot play, I am telling you where you will not hear any criticism from, and that is here. You will not hear me criticize the Big Ten for that. Because all the times that I have criticized collegiate sports, the NCAA and everything else, it has always been because they never put the student athlete first. They talk about the welfare of the student athlete, but we tend to scoff at the idea that the word student is even in the term student athlete. So in this case, they're doing the opposite of that. In this case, they genuinely are. In the Big Ten, they are genuinely putting the health of those kids at Wisconsin first. And I will just say that I don't know that it winds up making all the difference. But if it is going to prevent one of these kids from getting myocarditis, then it was well worth doing. So I understand that there is room to criticize some of the ways they got where they are. And did they need to do what they did back in August? Maybe not. Maybe they could have started this a little bit earlier. That stuff, I think, is reasonable to debate. But you will not hear me criticize criticize any school, program, team, or anyone else who emphasizes health and safety above all other things. There may be criticism in some places. It will not be here. A quick reminder, starting Monday, you'll be able to stream this show every single day on ESPN+, Plus, along with all the ESPN radio shows that you like, Lebetard and Stu Gatz and Max Kellerman and Shanae and Golick Jr. will all be on ESPN Plus starting Monday, but we will continue to be right here every single day as well. And that's where you and I will meet again tomorrow. See you in the morning for Get Up and then back here on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. 
You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.